on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. Never met a platform trying to make videos happen so hard. New video features coming to Instagram and Facebook. Surprise, surprise. If you're a Twitter creator, you must blue check your Stripe account. All on today's show. Welcome, you are listening to Marketing O'Clock, just stay tuned Digital marketing news, but let's get specific Digital ads, SEO and analytics Social media and more Pretty much everything that'll make your website perform New shows every Friday We'll give you the news with sass and puns And definitely high takes Thank you for tuning in You know what time it is it's officially marketing o'clock. Settle in, sit back, keep it locked. Hey there, I'm Greg Finn. I'm Nicole Waddington. And it's officially marketing o'clock. Here on July 21st, 2023. We don't have Jess. Jess is out in her horse beach destination that she goes to every year. But Nicole and I are holding it down. What's new with you, Nicole? So... I have recently been loving going to open houses. Get out of here. So kind of like your Zillow obsession last okay. week, but I'm actually seeing the house in person and seeing if the air hockey table or whatever is increasing the value of the home. Wait, are you in the market to buy a home? No. Are you pre-approved to buy a home? No. I so literally you're just going just, to open houses. I grew up doing this. Like as a kid, my mom would take me to open houses <laughs> and we would just go for fun. So what percentage of open... Wait. I need to unpack this. How many open houses have you been to this year? This year, only a couple, like okay. three or four. Are there like cookies or food or drinks at these open houses? No, I think probably killed that off. And then what is like your perfect house range that you go for? Like something exquisite, something like dump? Like what are you trying to do to, to, I don't, to these open houses? It's not like estate sales where like I have notifications on that there's open houses. I, if I'm in the neighborhood on a Sunday just driving by, I'll stop by the house. So normally the houses are like mid-range. It's not like crazy mansions, but it's not like shacks that really need a lot of TLC. Okay. So these aren't like premeditated. A lot of them aren't premeditated. No, it's just, it's just spontaneous. Just- like I have nothing going on for the rest of the afternoon. It's like a garage sale, but for a house. Exactly. Okay. And so the other day I was at um, an open house and I usually like bringing my friends along. Like if I have friends in the car. This is premeditated. I'll make them go in with me. And let me just say, realtors, they make me so uncomfortable because they're trying to corner you and see if you're like a good buyer and a good fit for the house. And I am not a good liar, but I'm trying to train myself to be a better liar. You don't so want to be a good liar. I, I'm, I'm now starting to lie and make up personas oh with my. the realtors. And the other day, a realtor cornered me. And okay, the house smelled horrible. I just wanted to leave. <laughs> and as I was about to walk out of the door, the realtor's like, no, like, come, I need you to sign in. And so I had to fill out his stupid spreadsheet. And I'm like, oh, shoot. Like, I don't want to give him my real name. So I made it up a fake name. What name? Um, so my alter ego when I go out to the bars is Natalie. And then I was with a male friend. And so I took his last name and we pretended we were married. Okay. Nice. So yeah. that's that. That's it. And you're just like, what did they say? Like, what are you looking for? What do you, how do you respond to this? 
so I don't think I think there was somebody else that he ended up talking to while okay. I was filling out the sheets. So he was distracted and I could make my run out of the door. But he did text me the next day and was like, Ooh. hi, Natalie. Like, just so you know, the offers on whatever house are due today. End of day. Wow. And so hypothetically, what what type of house? I, I think I know. Uh-huh. I think Natalie is looking for a three bedroom two full bath, two car garage house, and probably a half acre of land. Half acre is a little too much land, but everything else is correct. Okay. So maybe like a quarter acre, like a small yeah. little lot. I don't pool, like yard no work. Pool. No pool. I, nope. That's too no much pool. maintenance. No, no pool. Yeah. Basketball hoop? Does no. Natalie like? Okay. No, no. Natalie doesn't. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> I love this about you. <laughs> yeah. No, open houses are so fun. I hate open. I, I don't like talking to people. I don't like the realtors. The best part about the realtor is their little face on those business cards. I look get. I love people that put their face on the signs. I love people that put their face on the business card. We we're as building down the street for us was up for sale, and there's a realtor with like a cowboy hat. I just love the wow. pictures. I love the pictures. Yeah. It's the only profession where you have the pictures. I'm here for it. I think we should have more pictures. You know, you never go to a doctor and like be like, "Hey, here's my picture." I feel like doctors sometimes have their pictures, like, I don't know, on their websites and stuff. Yeah. So you know who you're going to see. But, like, if you get but, a pamphlet in the mail from a realtor, there's pictures. Oh, You yeah. get one of those calendars you stick on. They have billboards. Pictures. 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 Yeah. pictures. It's mm-hmm. like them and lawyers. It's just all about pictures. Let's get over to the main digital marketing news from the week. And something that surprised quite a few folks was, Jess must have put this in here. It's from Titter Daily on Twitter. And... Twitter came out and said, surprise, we're delighted to share a portion of our ads revenue generated from your tweets replies with you. Um, And went on to say that it's going to come, you're going to get a payment in the next 72 hours. You had to be verified for this or blue check marked. You have to sign up for the monetization. And I believe there's some threshold to to hit this. So everybody was kind of talking about this. But then people started getting deposits into their bank accounts. And I don't know any of these people. I'm not supporting any of these people. I'm just reporting facts here. There's somebody named Ed Krasin. Ed Krasin on is his handle. And he showed a screenshot where from his Stripe account, he was paid $24,877 for the past four or five months. And he said, I assumed I'd be getting paid around $500 or so, but he got almost 25 grand, which is crazy. Yeah, for doing, I mean, for tweeting. I was going to say for doing nothing, but. Yeah, like you're just out there tweeting anyway, and now all of a sudden you're making 100K just for tweeting. And then he put out another tweet. This is why he's making all the money. And he rounded up a bunch of different payments that people have put out publicly. The thing that kills me is there's, uh, I follow this this account. It's called Mm -hmm. Internet Hall of Fame or Internet HOF. Mm -hmm. It's just a bunch of dumb memes. All it is is memes. And it's like, like it's literally recycled memes, and they got one hundred and seven thousand dollars in their payment. Uh, Mr. Beast got twenty five thousand. Billy M two K got thirty seven thousand. Just crazy that they're all these folks got this much money. And to to me, I, I think this is something you just can't do when you're a public company. <laughs> you can't just be like, hey, I'm gonna go pay out. I don't know. 10 million bucks. Like, I don't know how much all these people got. Like, this is, this is 5 million, 4 million, something like that. 
uh, and they just paid it out. If you had shareholders, they'd be like, sell that stock. So again, I, I think what this means from a marketing standpoint, if you don't like Twitter, good. Don't advertise on Twitter. Don't tweet on Twitter. Don't use it. I don't care. It seems like though, when you have these incentives, when you have the ability to subscribe, like that payment that Mr. Beast got is outside of his subscriptions. He has a subscription service where he shares all of his monetization about how much money YouTube is paying him for his videos, how much all of his videos cost. The only way you can get it is to go to Twitter and subscribe to him. And if you like him, you might go subscribe. He's making money that way. So you just got another pay payment for 25000 plus all your subscription payments. I know. Who wouldn't want to put their stuff on Twitter if this is your like living? That's mm -hmm. it's next level thinking. It's like chess. Next level thinking. Um. And then when I look at it, it's like those moves make sense, right? Like that makes sense. And then when you look at something like threads, and this is sort of tangentially related here, uh, somebody pointed out that threads, which just launched about a week and a half ago, maybe like 10 days ago, that uh, his name is Greg on Twitter. It's a whole bunch of numbers after, but he says, you know, it's over when the CEO hasn't even used the app in four days. And the last update that Zuckerberg had, it was just like information about threads. And I think he saw it. And I think like a day later, he put out like a picture mm -hmm. of a lake or something. But it's like, you're not using this thing. You don't care about threads. Like, at least Elon is paying people that are active on there. Mm -hmm. He's too active He's, on there. Oh, yeah. He's like asking politicians that he'd please like him. It's like, what is that? But at least he's using his product. Like, I think he actually has fun using yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Being an idiot Power on user. it, but mm -hmm. whatever. I just thought that 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 move could push more creators, more views, mm -hmm. more opportunity. If that's up your alley, to go try advertising on Twitter. And some news from Meta. So Meta and Instagram are releasing new video features. And starting with Instagram, Reels templates now allow you to easily create a Reel by reusing elements from another Reel you love. Browse templates by category in the template browser. And you also can then drop your own videos into the templates and photos to save time and put your own creative spin on the Reel. So this will be coming out in the next few weeks and they'll start automatically adding text and transitions that were used in the original reel. Similarly, Meta is rolling out changes to bring the same editing tools from this reels feature on Instagram to create dynamic videos in the Facebook feed. And now they are sorting videos into its own tab, video tab previously known as Facebook Watch. And it's going to be a one-stop shop for everything video on Facebook, including Reels, long form content, and live content. I don't get it. Like, why are we putting reels that live on Instagram into Facebook and making a whole separate tab for videos where you're basically just anything that moves, any pixels that move on your screen with sound are going in this tab on Facebook, it sounds like. What about those stupid posts where they're like, put your picture up and just play a soundtrack behind it? Those make it in there? Oh. I don't no, I don't think not. so unless unless they're naming it something different and calling it something different on Facebook. I don't know. So, it says that video tab will look similar to the feed so you can scroll vertically through a personalized feed that recommends all types of video content. But there will also be a feature where you can horizontally scroll the real section 
that highlight recommended reels and quickly jump into short form video. My brain cannot handle this. I go to TikTok for short form videos. I don't go to Instagram for any videos. And I don't ever go to Facebook ever. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, what's ha- I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I'm with you. It's, it's all too much. And then everything could just be called video. Yeah. Too. That's a good point. <laughs> just call it a video. Meta has also released its latest Llama 2 large language model. This is going to be made commercially available free of charge and will be an alternative to the current LLMs available via Google, OpenAI, and potentially could position Meta as Meta as a leader in the emerging AI development space. So this will have three different versions of the model, one trained on 7 billion parameters, one on 13 billion, and then one on 70 billion parameters. And then they'll have a Llama 2 chat as well. So I asked Matt, our head of development here, who is really into this stuff, like what this really means. And I'm going to assume read his answer. So this isn't original thoughts. This is just regurgitated <laughs> thoughts from somebody smarter than me. So Matt said, I said, do you have any thoughts on this? And he said, mainly that Meta is leaping ahead with their product by making it publicly available to anyone. People took their first Llama leak and built all kinds of cool stuff with it. Innovative things that Meta never even thought of. From what I understand, even though it's free, Meta still owns the rights to things created on it. So Meta is suddenly getting a huge boost in innovation from the world at large that they can then pull back into their own products. The lightweight models were adapted into mobile by the general community and people who are able to get on-device AI running quickly, which opened up a whole bunch of real-time capabilities. It also lets people who know what they're doing tune the models for more specific use cases. The real challenge with the big models is that the initial training on the multi-billion parameter ones is impossible to do for most. It costs tens to hundreds of millions of dollars to comp- in, in computing resources. So Meta is gifting the world that work and letting others build on it from phones and laptops in exchange for maybe becoming the AI standard in the long term and gaining some cool new stuff from the community. I could have never said that, (laughs) but it seems promising. And I think, again, there was a little partnership with this and Microsoft. So it seems like there's some collaboration. And I think the more the merrier, like I talked Mm -hmm. about last week, I like choice and things and not having and having more options is better. Now it's time for this week's take of the week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. This week's take of the week comes from the one, the only Melissa Mackey at Beyond the Paid on Twitter. We don't give opinions on this, but Melissa says, audience ads on at Microsoft advertising are a flat out waste of money. There should be an opt out for this. This this is... 100 percent correct no takes there's no no we don't we don't we don't provide Mm -hmm. feedback or opinions Mm -hmm. but this is correct (laughs) (laughs) like the (laughs) fact that you can't get out of audience ads and you can still see it there like i almost want you to just take it away Mm -hmm. you know and be like don't even show me this if i can't get rid of this because every time you look at audience ads it's always underperforming it never works as much as search and it's annoying it's like a hindrance like Mm -hmm. just get rid of it almost like it would be fantastic we should be able to opt out of it 
if you're building a platform you want people to use, I would say you opt out on stuff that doesn't work well, but I'm not Microsoft. So great take, Melissa. Now it's time for this week's ICYMI. ICYMI people, this is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something that you overlooked, but you shouldn't have. This week's ICYMI is from Screaming Frog. So they just released SEO Spider version 19, which includes segments, visual custom extraction, unified config, 3D visualizations, and an updated design and new issues. So in the announcement on Twitter, they provided a cool little GIF of all the different charts and colors. So looks pretty cool. Now it's time for this week's pew pew lightning round. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts, paid, organic, and social. First up in the paid news this week, Anthony Higman on Twitter at Anthony Higman wrote, so this may be accurate only because of DDA conversion settings or data-driven attribution, but quote, Advertisers that upgrade their exact match keywords to broad match and campaigns that use a target CPA can see an average of 35% more conversions. And then he goes on to say, also, is it just me or are DDA conversion action straight garbage? Shows a ton of conversions, but no actual business is coming from the new conversion (laughs) increases. And then he provides screenshots of the message he got. I mean, at least they didn't say or promise more conversions. They said, see an average this time. But usually they also say at the same, at similar costs. They didn't say yeah. that this time, which, you know, it's target CPA, so it should be. But that's weird that they left that part out. And then at Ben Kruger, at Ben underscore Kruger on Friend Twitter. of the show. Is he? He was on the show. He was on Marketing Talk. Oh, I got to catch up. He tweeted, I've lost 8,000 testing Google's new demand gen alpha product. Ask me anything. And then he has a screenshot. Um, spent 8.4K on this test. Optimization score 86.3. And then he added at the end, insert, maybe it's your low opt score comments here. So he knew it was coming. Yeah, he's he a former it. Googler. Yes. And everybody gives him crap for some of his very pro Google takes that he's had. But yeah. he spent almost $8,500. And mm-hmm. I think he got three conversions off this demand gen product. And I believe his conversion is a mic. I think that's a side gig, Magic Pop mic, I believe. Oh. Shout out that. So I think it's like a $30 product. So to get to spend $8,500. The ROAS, for, horrible. For $90 yeah. of top line <laughs> revenue, like... That's tough. And when you look at it, it's like when, when they announced that at Google Marketing Live, it's like, this is not demand gen. Mm-hmm. This is not that at all. This is some weird hybrid goofy video that's probably going to put your ads on garbage content that they can't sell otherwise. So I guess yeah. the alpha does not look promising. Yeah. And speaking of placements, somebody said, can you see any placements? And then goes, nope. And then this other guy goes, maybe it all went to porn sites. I mean. I like that. Do you see the other comment too? So somebody else asked, did you target everyone with a pulse? <laughs> and Ben says, ha ha. Look at the tweet. Read, read the replies. They're great. 
And that's why we're we're always so doubtful and cautious when you see something like, oh, it's 35% more. Oh, it's this demand gen. Just because it's named something doesn't mean it's going to work. Nicola Agius on Search Engine Land reported that Kroger, the grocery store, is breaking away from Microsoft in making its own take on an advertising platform. It's going to be called Kroger Precision Marketing. Marketers had been submitting feedback to Kroger about the interface of its old platform and just thought it was unnecessarily time-consuming to get a campaign live. So now they have a beta that will be available to all marketers this fall. And this new ad platform will provide marketers with the ability to reach relevant audiences using search-based insights and custom ad groups, design, iterate, and activate creative messages within the platform, customize and save multiple creative templates, and optimize all campaign elements, including budgets, messaging, and flighting. You also will be able to build reports and boost performance against deterministic retail data. Pretty cool. I've never been to a Kroger, though. Me either. I don't like the name of it. Kroger? I don't know. It's just—it's not somewhere I want to go get groceries. Sounds a little crunchy. PPC Greg at PPC Greg on Twitter said, Sometime between June 29th and today, Google updated the Discovery Campaign Help article to include, quote, and demand gen, and he links to the article. And then he was looking at the Internet Archive he says, doesn't look like there's any content differences. And he screenshots side by side the change. So kind of just what we were saying with, with Ben's test there. Yeah. <clears throat> That's not a good sign for demand, John, either, because no. Discovery's been sucking. It's like unusable to get results. So the demand gen's right in there now, at least in the, in the help. Over to the organic side of things. We just talked about this last week that Bard hadn't had any updates in a while. And Barry Schwartz has a list of updates over on Search Engine Roundtable. And it's funny, Glenn Gabe at Glenn Gabe on Twitter said, after a long lull in activity, Bard awakens, adds a boatload of features, including Google Lens, exporting Python codes, now available in 40 new languages and more. This was clearly added after Rusty Brick called out Bard yesterday. I'm kidding. It was funny. We just reported on it last week, and now they've got all that that stuff. So, again, the biggest thing is you can listen um, or speak aloud responses. There's different tones and styles that you can have Bard respond with. You can revisit old prompts. You can export that code, like I mentioned. You can use images as prompts. Uh, you can share responses. And then uh, there's Bard in more places, including Brazil, across Europe. There's... 40 different uh, locations, and there's also 40 different languages. So um, Chinese, German, Hindi, Spanish, a whole bunch more. There's, again, 36 more of them. So um, cool that Bard is getting to other destinations and folks can use it. So You know what? I'd love a destination URL. Yep. I don't disagree with you there. And from Glenn Gabe, we'll keep it with him here. He says... So if you run a podcast, make sure to add chapters. Listeners will appreciate the opportunity to jump to certain segments of each episode. I'm really glad Spotify Podcasts added that recently. And he's got a screenshot of marketing a clock. I didn't even know our chapters were working on Spotify. Glenn did. So that's awesome. So it's pretty easy. You just put in that uh, timestamp, just like you do on YouTube. You have to start with zero colon zero zero. Mm -hmm. And then at each different element, you can change and make those chapters. YouTube can auto-generate chapters. 
But this is another reason why you should do your chapters because you can take it and it can go to Spotify. And if somebody's like, oh, what was that tool that I heard last week? You can go to Spotify, you can click right down to the cool tool and you can see what we talked about. The related search operator or related colon and then the website, it used to return like kind of similar type sites. I've not used it in probably 10 years. It kind of like broke, but it's now being um, terminated, I guess. So you cannot use that anymore. It's going away, they say. Probably better better verbiage than terminated. It sounds like an Arnold Schwarzenegger thing here. I'll be back. All right. There was also a bug in Google News indexing. It's had many publishers seeing massive traffic declines from Google for a three-week period starting around June 21st. And then they post an update on the 14th saying we fixed the issue with news indexing. There will be no more updates. <laughs> so mark that down. If you get a lot of traffic from Google News, you might have seen a dip over those past three weeks. Okay, what's what's that noise? It's time for Barry's Charts with Greg. So there's been a lot of search volatility, so much so that Barry put out a article on Search Engine Roundtable called... Did Google search volatility rank rank tracking tools? I was super nervous. I cannot imagine a life without rank tracking tools. When Barry puts those charts out, it's the highlight of my week. Whenever I see a chart, I always respond with an animated GIF, looking at those charts and just appreciating the charts. So when he even joked that it would break the rank tracking tools, I took umbrage with it. But there is a lot of volatility, and that led to some of the best charts that we've ever seen. That's a pretty strong statement. Really good charts this week. So third place chart from Search Engine Roundtable came from Advanced Web Rankings. Because you look at the chart and it's going horizontal. And then all of a sudden, the chart just goes vertical. That thing just goes straight up. I have never... And then there's medium line. There's a high line. I don't know where this chart ended up. You don't, you, it's beyond, it's beyond, to the moon. Yes. The I moon. really hope advanced web rankings that you didn't have your tools broken by this volatility. Another one that I really loved, I just, I'm a big sucker for gradients and AccuRanker has a beautiful hue of oranges. It starts with a light orange. It gets into the medium orange. You see like a really nice sort of like pumpkin-y orange and then it gets, it gets almost burnt sienna at the end there. Like there are some oranges here mm -hmm. and this is a beautiful display of gradients. But the winner this week is SEMrush. <laughs> if you look at the SEMrush charts, anybody who's ever played Nintendo, like old school Nintendo, will look at this chart and they will want to play the game Excite Bike. Tables, can you have like a motorcycle going over these charts? This is like an Excite Bike ramp where you just, there's little ramps, 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 and I look at it and I just want to go up and be like, hey, I'm going to try to shoot over to this ramp. This is Excite Bike, the chart. And that's why it's the winner. Semrush, you're the winner of Barry's Charts with Greg, a visual program. A visual, can I call it Jess? What is my tagline for Barry's Charts with Greg? I'm an audio program for visual charts. So that's it. Semrush takes the cake with their Excite Bike chart. And that has been Barry's Charts with Greg, an audio program about visual charts. And next up is Mike Ryan. He has a link where you can see a GIF of what happens when you type Barbie into the search engine results pages. 
it turns pink, it turns sparkly, and you can see all this stuff. And he says, what are we calling this? Paid, organic, paid organic, which I love. We should trademark that right out from under him, paid organic. Yeah. Yeah, we have our own segment. Just steal it right from him. He doesn't <laughs> listen to this. He actually does, I think. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, I don't, I don't know if there was any collaboration, but it reminded me of when I got like scolded by Danny Sullivan. Not scolded, but just like shut down. Um, the Avengers Endgame movie was coming out, and you could type in like Thanos, and it would like start removing the results or something. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, Google was doing all these promotions promoting their Pixel product, and they'd have like Avengers commercials. They put the Pixel in the movie. There were blog posts on Google about Avengers and the Pixel team up and stuff like that. And then you look at it, and you're like, well, now you're giving them this free publicity for somebody that you're co, you like you're paying money to mm-hmm. to promote your Google Pixel product and you have movie placements and stuff. And I said, is this paid? My exact quote was, is this sponsored? If so, it's strange that there's no mention of it. And then some more stuff. Um, and then Danny said, no, it's not. It was just a little thing we thought would be fun because it's nice to have a little fun in life. And I'm still butthurt over that. <laughs> and then like Cyrus blocked me because I responded to like one of his tweets, Cyrus Shepard, who's like an old Moz guy and... I don't know. I just thought that one was so weird. And everybody just jumped all over me. It's like, whoa, God, can't we have fun? Everybody's like, shut up. Like, I don't know. I mean, it's a good question. Like the Barbie marketing team. Wow. Just yeah. Like, wow. Is that pay? Like, there's got to be good so, que- yeah, it's a so much question. work that goes into that. And then how do you yeah. get to be selected as one of the movies? Right? right. Like, like, honestly, like, how do you get to say, hey, you're going to have people sending this, sharing this. The word is getting out about the movie. That is a huge marketing boost. And mm-hmm. you then you have to say, okay, well, we did this for Marvel. We did are we gonna do it for DC? Like, like that's not nice if you're like giving people all this free promotion, albeit that they're paying you money to promote or you know, your Google mm-hmm. Pixel phone. So like I don't know. I I I I like their little Easter eggs, but I don't like it when they're giving it to like businesses and they're helping to promote like certain business. Like it's cool when it's like an Easter and there's like a literal Easter egg or something like that. But like, yeah, Barbie's getting, they're going to, they're going to get more buzz from this. I mean, they're already getting a ton of buzz, but yeah, I, I understand. So you just pick and choose whatever you feel like. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. And we have a new segment here called working bard or bardly working. And first up from telegraph.co.uk, they say daily mail prepares for a legal battle with Google over AI copyright. And apparently the tech giant is accused of targeting the newspaper because it uses bullet points in its articles and was ripping some of the bullet points out allegedly from the daily mail without, and obviously there's no like links in any of Google's SGE or BART or anything like that. It's they just take it. You know what I mean? Um, And then another article here, just a random one I found. Google is being sued for allegedly stealing content and data to train AI products. And this is a U.S. case that is um, in San Francisco, uh, put forth by eight individuals. And they're saying the lawsuit will cause copyright concerns amongst marketers who are increasingly turning to AI products to generate media assets. And I was like, this is in the U.S. I wonder like who's behind this. And apparently there are eight plaintiffs who remain anonymous and are known only by their initials. I guess somebody said that Bard like grabbed an entire book and used lots of that and would share it without like copyright permission or anything like mm-hmm. that. But I feel like there should be more than eight people. 
in this yeah, lawsuit. Yeah, it's like, definitely stealing from more than eight people in the U.S. Yeah, like let's us well, let's go find something Bard pulled from us. Yeah, and like let we have four people in this room right now. Get the listeners in. We can get a thousand people. Easy. We'll get a thousand people lawsuit. And yeah. We'll we'll go. And they were alternative look, to Twitter revenue is lawsuit revenue. They're from, looking for five billion dollars yeah. in damages. Five billion dollars for eight people. Mm-hmm. We'll go. We'll get all the listeners. And we'll go for four billion dollars in damages, split by a thousand. All right, Sounds who's like in? A plan. DM me. And we have another new segment here called "Checking In on at Google Small Biz," and this was alerted to me by Julie Bacchini. This is just a tweet from Google Small Biz on Twitter. "Quote: Thank you, just the letter U, not Y-O-U, comma next." End quote. And then it says parentheses. What you should say after you're done supporting a small business. And parentheses. Thank you. Next. What you should say after you're done supporting a small business. This is somebody's job, Nicole. There's just so much to unpack in this tweet. Like it's, I, (laughs) (laughs) it's referencing an Ariana Grande song. Oh, is it? And it's also because there was news that broke earlier this week that Ariana got divorced from Dalton Gomez. Life tip, pro-life tip. If you find yourself somewhere down the line, married to somebody named Dalton Gomez, <laughs> I think that's you should get name. divorced. <laughs> Just get divorced. <laughs> we'll split social here. What do you have here in the social segment, Nicole? All right. So starting off in social, Threads is adding branded content tools to create paid promotion opportunities. So Threads isn't serving ads yet. But this will potentially signal some new opportunities for brands and you can potentially connect to your Threads audience in the meantime with more than just organic posts. So not much to unpack here other than Threads has adopted the terms of service implemented by its meta sister platform, Instagram. So brands use Instagram's branded content tools when they work with influencers on sponsored content. Only eligible brands have access to paid partnership labels to post, and brands clearly have to disclose paid partnership collaborations. So kind of moving in the direction of ads. Not ad, No ads yet. I don't know who's on threads, though, like realistically. Yeah, during this show, Julie Bacchini just DM'd me and shared a threads article from similar web and Thread's usage has dropped by half from the initial initial surge from 49 million to 23.6 million in a week. And I've got some information about Twitter 2.0. They're looking to continue its trend of reanimating previously uh, previous products and get those into the new Twitter. They are launching something that they appear to be launching something named articles in the app. If you remember, this was initially called Articles. When it went live, it was changed to Notes, I believe. And now it's going to be coming back as Articles. I think, again, this makes all the sense in the world. In a year from now, Finstradamus, Twitter is going to be your location for subscriptions. If you are trying to put out uh, long-form posts, it's going to be Twitter. Trying to put out videos, any kind of gated content, Twitter is lining themselves up to be the most creator-friendly platform out there and having articles that you can consume via Twitter and then being able to put it behind a subscribe makes sense. 
why complicate things, especially if you do multimedia stuff and you're making videos, you've got uh, articles, you're still up there on Twitter, just sharing little things. It makes all the sense in the world. And speaking of Twitter and different forms of media, at Titter Daily said, Elon comments on prospects for an Instagram style photo feed for Twitter. So this person named Tristan Tate at Tate the Talisman said, Twitter needs a photo and caption section. Can you imagine all the big Instagram stars' faces after seeing how much money everyone here is getting paid for creating content? The ads will generate money. Elon will share it. Instagram will die. Do it at Elon Musk. And Elon responded and said, I don't think it will kill Instagram, but it is definitely a feature we should have. And then Natalie F. Danilishin said, in a different tab, though, not the main timeline. No one needs that many booty gym shots in their life. And then, of course, Elon responds with something sarcastic and says, yeah, maybe a tab that you can swipe to that focuses on video and photos. I mean, cool suggestion. And yes, please, in a different tab. From Adam Masseri, shout out Shep, we miss you. He has a thread that says spam attacks have picked up. So we're going to have to get tighter on things like rate limits, which means more unintentionally limiting active people, false positives. If you get caught up in those protections, let us know. Other responses, everybody's like, you keep flagging me, I'm not spam. And then somebody else said, or, you know, fix your very broken algorithm that's rendered the site unusable in the first week. Like, yeah. So everybody was uh, crapping on Elon for some of those rate limits. Now Threads has rate limits as well. At Dong Wook Chung 2 said, Hello, friends. We have just released the new community spotlight and profile on web. All community admins and moderators should be able to promote their communities and profile. Currently, you can configure this feature on web and it will be visible to users on other devices too. And he has screenshots of what it looks like in the user interface. There was a tweet from at Austin, just Austin, at Austin. And he goes, incredible, with screenshots. So Penny2x at I'm Penny2x said, I feel like I'm hitting my rate limit a lot today, but it is a shorter time window now. Just me? Elon says, that shouldn't be happening for subscription verified account. How much time have you spent on this platform today? And they reply, I'm replying to comments even when on my walk or cooking. So basically nonstop minus a few 30-minute breaks. And then Elon's like, how much time does your phone say you're spending on this platform? Should take about eight hours of almost continuous scrolling to hit the limit unless we're doing something wrong. And then they have a screen, they reply with a screenshot of their device time usage. And it said today, nine hours, 52 minutes. And then most used Twitter. And then Elon immediately goes, we will increase the rate limit for verified users by 50%. Should take effect within a few hours. And then they say thank you. And then he says it's now working smoothly, which is crazy. That they're like, yeah, it's working smoothly, yeah. like two hours later. Like, like what I mean, it, that's on? great. Like listening to your to your users. And with Penny 2X, yeah, they had nine hours and fifty-two minutes. Nine hours and twenty-five minutes is social, which is Twitter. Yeah. That is a lot of time in a day to be on Twitter. They did that by 4 p.m. 4 oh, p.m. I didn't notice that. I didn't they were on that. Twitter for nine hours and 25 minutes. Yeah. At 4 p.m. 
That's crazy. And then they have four minutes of creativity <laughs> and then 42 seconds of other. <laughs> like, so, like respond to like real humans. <laughs> like yeah. 42 seconds. Go on social. Go on Twitter. Nine hours and 25 minutes. I feel like this penny to X person needs to take a hint from me. Delete delete their social media apps and maybe maybe turn your phone on black and white. Are you still yeah. in black and white mode? No, okay. no. And I'm also back on Instagram, so oh. we see how that worked out. Now it's time for this week's WTH. Misguided. I hated all of that. I'm like, who does that? <laughs> Get rid of that. <laughs> Where we rant, rave, and roll our eyes about a trending digital marketing topic. What are we coming to? Honestly. See what had us asking. WTH. This week. He did it. He really did it. Boris Beckerak was talking on Twitter that he was going to apply for teleperformance, which is the outsourced Google ads sales folks that call you and say they're with Google and then try to upsell you into whatever program that they make money on. And Boris went and applied to teleperformance and he got the job. He got the job. Mm -hmm. There's an image up where he says, we are pleased to offer you the position of German digital marketing consultant at our Google operation. And if you so choose to accept, hereby warmly welcome you to our team in teleperformance Spain. We hope you will enjoy your role and make significant contribution to the success of the company. Talks about salary, the start date, what he's got to do. I can't believe he went through with it, like put all his real information through and then like made it through their screening process. Like how does anybody not be like, I'm going to Google this person's name and see that they're not going to take this job. But I've got a dare for you, Boris. Take the job. What if he was emailing people? That'd be awesome. Yeah, Imagine he would be helpful. He would be really helpful. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He'd be like, hey, I don't care about your optimization score. Let's get your account working. And then he'd probably get fired like instantly. Yeah, th- there's a two-month trial period, indefinite contract. So oh, he'd, he'd be out. He'd be too yeah. helpful. But way to go, Boris. Thanks for doing it for the lulls. And that brings us to our real life segment, straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for Working Hard or Hardly Working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work, good, bad, or otherwise. All right. In this week's Working Hard or Hardly Working, for me, just in general, Google. Like, I have a client that recently has somebody on their team that's a new stakeholder in marketing decisions. And so we've been trying to pull data for them, specifically from Google. And the clients we closely have worked with on this account know, you know, there's automation, they hide data from you, they know the spiel. But just explaining to someone new who has never really experienced any data coming from Google, it's just, you end up sounding so ridiculous. Like you have to take a step back and you're like, sorry, I can't pull that information for you. Like I can't pull headline and description click through rate because Google doesn't share it. Right. Like you just have to keep saying like, not possible. Here's what I can do. I and it's just, you just sound so stupid. You do. You sound dumb. Like, how can you not test the headline? Nicole, you have to test the headline of an ad. That's the whole point. Don't you want to see what resonates most with the audience? You're telling me, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. That's essentially been my last two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, I'm going to keep it here with Google Ads. I've been doing more and more um, drive leads is the name of it for YouTube and just setting more of those up. The fact that the title is 15 characters drives me crazy. Like you can't put your name in there. I was going to say my name's too long. Too long. It's, Mm -hmm. you can't say anything in 15 characters. You could barely fit you. Most brands, I can't put the real name in there. Mm -hmm. 15 characters is way too short. Make it 20. I can't do anything with 15 characters. I just, I'm asking for five more characters. That's it. Just give me 20. I can at least like make things spell sound right. Try to take your company name or your name or something and fit it into 15 characters. You can't do it. It's impossible. And now for this week's cool tool. As a reminder, our cool tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners. And is really, really cool. This week's cool tool, and sorry, I don't have a clever rhyme this week, is the user agent switcher from Chrome. So if you need to quickly switch between user agent strings on the fly, or if you're developing a site that needs to work on both mobile browsers and desktop browsers, this is a tool for you. With the user agent switcher from Chrome, you can quickly and easily switch between user agent strings, and you can set up specific URLs that you want to spoof every time. So as always, we'll have the link in our newsletter, marketingoclock.com forward slash newsletter, as well as on our Discord, community.marketingoclock.com. So pick your poison and check it out. Now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week, an article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. This week's must-read marketing article of the week comes from Pauline Jacober. Pauline has an article called How to Use Google Ads to Get More Donations for Your Nonprofit. And this is niche, but important. So thank you, Pauline, for taking a stab at this. And Pauline has a great article that says why Google Grants alone doesn't cut it, what the limits are of any one approach, how you can look to existing content for success, especially video, that donations aren't the only goal, how you can benefit from unexpected clicks, stay the course, plan for the future. Don't miss it. It's over on Search Engine Land. Thank you, Pauline. And if you want all those links, like Nicole said, marketingoclock.com forward slash newsletter or go to community.marketingclock.com. And now onto our playlist of curated songs to work to, which you can find over at playlist.marketingoclock.com. What is going on in your playlist, Greg? I've got by the one and only Johnny Cash. God's going to cut you down. Nice. I'm going with a country theme too. So I recently went to my first ever country concert. What? This past weekend. It's totally like not my speed, but I enjoyed myself. Who did you watch? Sam Hunt. Okay. I feel like he's like country light. He's country pop. He's a country adjacent. Yeah. 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 Johnny Cash is like the OG, but I'll be adding Outskirts by Sam Hunt. All right. That does it for today's show. It is now officially not marketing o'clock thanks for listening we miss you already and can't wait to see you next week thanks for listening to marketing o'clock if you're looking for more information on today's topic head over to marketing newsletter to receive every single article we covered we share the news as it breaks in our discord community head over to community.marketingoclock.com to join
Welcome to this week's episode of Shooting the Hack, where after our famous Friday news shows, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just shoot the hack. And this week, we are playing everybody's favorite game, Travel Buddies. Knew it. This is where you have to choose between two different folks, and you're going on a global excursion with these folks. And there's a right answer and a wrong answer. And the good news, I made today's super easy. Of course you did. Okay. So first up, you have somebody that loves to eat Chex Mix or somebody that loves to eat Trail Mix. Who are you taking on your vacation? And traditional Chex Mix, like the bag. The blue, the blue, the blue bag. bag. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to say Trail Mix because... I wouldn't bring Chex Mix on a hike. And if we're going on a global excursion, I hope this person is active. I hope they want to be doing all this, all the things, wow. the hiking. Shots and fired would, at all you Chex Mix consumers, would, you non-active folks. fuel. Okay. So there's nuts in the trail mix. Okay. I'm trail mix. All right. And tables, what about you? So do we have to agree on this or no? Because I would you have to Oh, do we have to synergize on the answer? You, you have tables to consult. You can do the final answer. So I'm going to say Chex Mix because I just don't trust people who like raisins because they're Who disgusting. said they're raisins and- There's raisins in, in the, trail mix. Depends, depends on the trail mix. Okay. Also, I feel like the, the question should be, what's your favorite part of the trail mix or what's your favorite part of That would Chex be good, mix? except this is travel buddies. <laughs> so what's your final answer? I'm- I'm going to override tables. I'm going to say trail mix. Oh, you should have listened. <laughs> he had it the whole time. Because A, the only good raisin is the raisinette. That's the only suitable raisin for consumption. But really, the most important thing is you are on an excursion. You're going to be around tons of people. These people love Who peanuts. Who said that? Who said that I'm around a ton of people? What You're going I'm- across the globe. You have to meet people. You have to go places. You're going on an excursion. You're going to go to, to touristy places. And this person clearly has a peanut fetish. They're going to put other people in danger. You're going to kick out of places. You're going to kick off of planes. It's a bad idea. So you want the checks mix, folks. Here's another one. This is another easy one. Mm-hmm. You're going on your excursion. Somebody's favorite game is chess or somebody's favorite game is checkers. I'm going to say checkers because I feel like people who know how to play chess, I just feel like they're a little uptight sometimes. If this is an excursion, we want to have fun. Keep it simple, stupid. Kiss. Okay. And you're good with that? Tables, you're you're good? Any feedback? So I was going to say chess because usually (laughs) people who play chess are pretty smart. And if you can't figure out the way around, say your reception dies, you don't have a GPS, they can figure out where you are. That's why I would say chess. Okay, we got to decide. See, that's why I would have. I'll give you a hint. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with tables because I overrode him last answer. Checkers or chess, chess. That's your final answer. Yeah, Picking yeah, yeah. You had it perfectly right. Your rationale was absolutely correct the first time. You should have stuck with your gut that time. You want people that are just there to have fun. You don't want to have to have everything. Every single five steps in a row. Where are we going after this? But I'm at breakfast. I don't care where I'm going out tonight. I'm trying to enjoy my breakfast. I'm not thinking five moves ahead every time. You had it right the first time. Here's another one. And this is because Victoria is in the room here. Somebody that their favorite hobby in Victoria um, helps put the show out. And you see all the notes in our Discord, community.marketingclock.com. Somebody that is, their favorite hobby is jet skiing 
or somebody's favorite hobby is cycling. Tables, do you have any thoughts? I'm gonna, yeah, tables. Get, I'm gonna go with cycling. Oh, oh. It's a gut feeling. Gut feeling. <laughs> it's a gut feeling. Is this based on Victoria's personal no, life? No, this is, I, I have gut feeling. circled, <laughs> <laughs> I have it circled here. The right answer. I thought this would be an easy one. Oh, my gut feeling was jet ski, and I should have gone with it last time. So I'm going to say jet ski because they're just there to have a good time. Cycling, that's like a, a workout workout. Where jet skiing, like I'm sure you're getting some sort of workout on a jet ski, but really you're just there to have a good time. You would think that. Unfortunately, <laughs> Table's gut feeling is the right one because – you actually can go on bike tours. This person is going to be super helpful. They're going to know all the rules of the road. They're going to look ahead. They've got cool little outfits. They might bring one along for you. But when you go on trips, you're never going to jet ski. You're not going to go to Italy and be like, hey, I need to stop here and I need to submit a seven-day jet ski license requirement. No, but you can hop on a bike. You can go across the Golden Gate Bridge and you can be safe and have somebody lead the way. Okay, somebody that doesn't clean the toilet bowl after a number two Okay. Mm-hmm. Or somebody that pees all over the toilet seat. I would rather have someone who doesn't <laughs> who doesn't clean after number two. Same. It's not that hard to not pee on the toilet seat or clean up after yourself, right? That person's just rude if they're not cleaning up after themselves after peeing. But pooping, if it makes it into the toilet seat. <laughs> Well, hopefully not the seat, hopefully the bowl. In the bowl. If it makes it into the bowl, that's half the battle, right? Okay. If you don't clean it, like, (laughs) I mean, depending on how a mess it makes. Okay. So that's your final answer? Everybody agree to that? All right. Oh, so we actually agree, Tabor. Agree. Yes, we do. This has to be right. Let me check the notes and see what the correct answer was. It was the person that pees all over the toilet seat. And the only reason I have here is pee is sterile. Right? Like, you're not going to catch anything. Pee is a sterile substance. When you have doo-doo all over, you can catch something. It's going to be bad. You don't want that. You're going to be, there's going to be little bits of things, not in the water. Like, you need the sterile. You go with the sterile when in doubt. No problem. So wait, let's see how we did here. We had four of them. How many did you get right? Oh, and four. All right. Next time. Better luck next time. Go with your gut. Go with table, Scott. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll see you next week.